Naftali Bryant has been leading learning and development teams for nearly 17 years. He's currently Director of Learning and Organizational Development at Netflix. He's also a LinkedIn learning instructor and a breakout speaker at the annual LinkedIn Talent Connect conference. And as you'd imagine, he's super passionate about making L&D engaging and accessible. In fact, those are two letters from an acronym, which Naftali has been honing for a number of years. And it's the guiding set of principles which informs how Naftali ensures that talent development serves organizational needs. And the acronym in full is Deliver Easy, which stands for Engaging, Accessible, Simple, and Yielding to Impact. So today, as my guest on the show, Naftali is going to give you the breakdown on that concept and how he uses it to earn a place at the strategic decision-making table. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett-Hayes. Hey, welcome to this week's episode of the show. This is Mark. I'm the host of the Training Business Podcast. And this is the show for people just like you and people just like me. If you work as an L&D practitioner, someone with the title of coach or consultant or trainer or facilitator, then I'd like to think that this is the show for you. There's an episode every single Thursday, and every Thursday we have either someone on the show, which is a guest in the case of today's episode, or it could be just you and me where I talk about some topic which has been mailed to me by you, and it's something which helps you on your training business journey. And I underline the word business because I don't want to talk about theory on this show. I like to talk about things which help to get under the lid or the hood of your business and help you to do what you do, it, but do it better. And for that reason, I'm privileged to talk to the kinds of people I talk to who are willing to come on the show and to give of their time and their energy and their ideas to help people just like you and me on our training business journey. Wherever you are on that journey, maybe you're thinking of joining the the world of training and talent development. Perhaps you're currently in full-time employment. If that's the case, there are lots of episodes, uh, previous episodes, which you can dig out, which will help you on that or in that piece. Or if you're someone currently knee-deep, just like me, in the world of learning and development, then it's always great to know that you have ideas for the kinds of topics which can help you in that context. So can I ask you right now to click on subscribe? Because it costs you nothing but means the world to me. It validates what I do every single Thursday, but more importantly, confirms to me, to Sam, and to James, people behind the show, that this is the kind of thing that serves you in your training business. And of course, you can tell other people about the show because this helps to get the word out and to give more context and more value to people just like you and me in the world of training and development. If you've any ideas for subjects for or questions or ideas on topics, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is mark at trainingbusiness.com and I always reply individually and read them personally. Naftali, hi, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Mark, uh, for having me. Excited to be here. So a couple of reasons why I thought it would be a good chat today and a couple of the models that you're using, the ones you've come up with, in fact, um, come to mind. And one of them is is the concept of sharpening your edge. 
So let's talk about what that is and where it fits into learning and development. It's your model. So let's have you explain that as best you can. Yeah. So sharpening your edge is this idea that we we all have a sweet spot or a strength that we bring to the table, especially when it comes to being a learning leader. Um, and part of what that concept is really getting at is how do you, number one, really like discover what that edge is and then work tirelessly every day to sharpen and focus on that. And so edge is actually an acronym that I created that stands for engage discover, grow, and elevate. So engage is really about engaging in a, in a community to get support for you to understand, hey, what are what is your edge? Like, what are the things that make you tick? And then have your community help you um, lean into that in, in your day-to-day as, as a learning leader. The D is about discovering your real self. So discovering your real self is really about constantly making sure that you are authentic in your approach to the work and finding those moments that you can truly uh, discover who you really are. And typically those moments are when things are the most challenging. You know, you think about everything we've gone through last year with this uh, uh, pandemic and, you know, the social injustice, learning leaders had to really step up and, and, and discover their, their real self, you know, because the crisis was at, at the, the most challenging point. Um, and, and so that's where the, the D comes in in terms of discover. The next one is G, which is really grow. And the way I think about this is growing on purpose. <laughs> so, so not this haphazard way of thinking about um, how are you growing and developing yourself, but doing it with intention. So, you know, for example, for me personally, as a learning leader, I constantly year by year after year, I find one to two things that I need to grow and develop in as myself in terms of my edge, the thing that's going to push me over the top and give me the competitive advantage. And I invest in that no matter how much the cost, no matter how much the time. And it has um, benefited me year after year because what happens is as a learning leader, you build a toolkit of, of the things that you've grown in that support your unique edge. And then the E is about elevate elevating your your bs now not bs in the sense that some of you may think about it but your belief system <laughs> glad you clarified right. that one <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's the belief system that um in many cases holds us back uh, and how do we rewire that to know that you're adding value from a learning and development perspective in your organization to know that you're adding value just in your your job in general um, so that combination of those four kind of pillars uh, are really like commitments that I encourage people to think about when it comes to how do you sharpen your edge? What, is the, what are those components um, to really shine in, in your organization? Yeah, it's quite um, metaphorical because when you think of sharpening your edge, a couple of things come to mind. Um, we like to think, of course, as of learning and development as as on the leading edge of organizations' growth, helping them to to meet the strategic uh, necessities or requirements of the future. Something else you've come up with, another concept of yours, is this one, and that's the one I think you're most proud of, which is deliver easy. Um, so it's engaging, accessible, simple, yielding to impact. That again, another beautiful acronym. What does that mean? Who's it for? And and how do, how do you apply it? Yeah, I think for me. I've actually been living this deliver easy my entire career and it really dawned on me 
years ago where I was like, you know what, the thing that's helped me be successful in the, the complicated learning space is, is my approach to not only engaging with stakeholders around the learning that we're trying to go after for the organization, but also the design and delivery of that learning. And, you know, I always think about, you know, this whole idea of, hey, give me the most difficult thing to do or challenge um, when it comes to learning in my organization said no one ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one ever is like, yes, I want to go through the most complicated training, you know, and, and that's going to be the thing or I want to, you know, do the hardest thing. Um, and so I try to lead with this concept of in this complicated field of learning and development, complex meaning the vast sea of ways you can develop and design and deliver learning. How, how do you how do you come with this concept of easy? And the, the first pillar of that is making sure that whatever you do within your organization, it's engaging <laughs> because people don't like boring and and boring becomes a brand of yours because <laughs> that's a brand, too. But engaging is also a brand <laughs> where where people know, like, hey, man, if I go to a, a workshop or participate in anything that you know, Natalie does or, or Mark does, it's going to be engaging, guaranteed it, guarantee, excuse me, guarantee, no matter, you know, whether it's virtual or in person. And just on that note, actually, Natalie, do you, do you find that, I mean, have threshold levels of boredom increased or dropped? Are people more tolerant or, or less tolerant of, of disengaging learning in, in the recent uh, COVID pandemic? I think they're less tolerant, right? We've been living in, you know, 10 inch screen and some of us, you know, maybe 27 inch screen for the last, you know, 15, 18 months. And so keeping my attention or keeping your learner's attention is extremely more difficult than it ever has been. Um, And so I've always tried to, during this time, you know, lean in in a way where how can I make this experience the most engaging? First of all, is the, 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 um, the first pillar of this, because if I can engage and I try to engage your heart, right? So I, I really encourage people to help their learners travel the 18 inches, right? Between your head and your heart. When you allow people to engage with their heart, um, it actually creates a better environment for them to be more, you know, connected to what you're talking about and what you're trying to deliver. So that's really the E and in, in, in easy, delivery easy. Yeah, I like that. 18 inches to the head and heart. That's that's nice. Yeah. So the A is really about accessible, being accessible. <clears throat> and accessibility is taking into account all the unique backgrounds, perspectives, identities, you know, um, of all of your learners and making sure that whatever you create um, is accessible to all. And so you're not you're not catering over catering to one type or one archetype of, of audience. You're thinking about the vast differences and uniqueness of learning styles, approaches, um, you know, cultural backgrounds and identities to create experiences that can be accessible for everybody to to participate and learn. Um, so that's where the accessibility comes from, uh, because I, I never want to leave. I have this this idea that no learner left behind. Right. So. So that's what the accessibility is really getting at. Like, how do I make sure I'm engaging each type of learner as I look at either the, the Zoom screen or as I'm in, in person? The, the S is really about uh, simple. <laughs> so, so what is the simplest route to meet the person at the point of need? 
in terms of what they need to grow and learn in an experience or when you're engaging with the stakeholder about how you're going to approach, you know, delivering and designing this learning. And then the why is yielding to impact. I, I think the key thing about impact is I'm a firm believer that, hey, you shouldn't really do learning if you're not really focused on the impact you're trying to make. And if you're not really thinking about, well, how do we measure that impact? What does success look like? Asking those questions to really make the learning stick, because otherwise you are just adding to this vast sea of all the different things that people could be participating in with their time, but not really tapping into creating something memorable that allows people to um, to learn and embed those moments in their day-to-day work. So that's delivery easing. So where are we applying this? I mean, if someone's listening to this and thinking, okay, I like, I like that concept, where could we apply this and, and see the most or the quickest results? I mean, what context would deliver easy work in? Yeah, I think it starts with your stakeholders. Like, I've literally been in conversations with some of my key stakeholders and I start off with, hey, I just want you to know, you know, my approach to, you know, working with you and your team on how we go about designing and delivering learning is really this concept of deliver easy. And I've walked them through what, how I'm going to approach that partnership and how I'm going to approach how we design and deliver uh, learning programs. And the crazy part about it, Mark, is that people respond well to it. You're sitting there with a, with a, a senior executive or you know, an HR partner, and they're like, you know what, I can get with that. Why? Because the business has all these rhythms of work that happen day in and day out that require employees' attention. And so they don't want to hear like, yep, we want to take people through this, you know, 17 month program. It's going to be, they don't want to hear the complexity. They, you, I try to engage them with the hook of easy right away. And it gives me the runway to influence more because they know that my anchor is going to be deliver easy. And so if, if I am not, you know, um, staying committed to that, then they can call me on that. They can be like, Hey, you said this is going to be easy. Um, and how are we, how are we making sure that's happening? Because it seems a little bit complicated to me. Let's, let's re reset, right? So it becomes an anchor there that you can leverage with your stakeholders. And then when it, when it comes to designing the actual learning experiences, I use those as like a little bit of a checklist, the EASY, right? Where it's like, all right, cool. So we want to do, you know, DEI, uh, DNI training. All right. How do we make it the most engaging? All right. What does that, what does that mean? What are those components that we need to be included? All right, is it accessible to all the types of learners that we're going to be uh, that are going to be participating in this program? You know, like is it simple? You know, how do we know that it's impactful? So it becomes this checklist, um, almost like you know. Obviously, there's models out there, Addy, Sam. Those are fantastic models that really help us drive learning value. This to me is just a, a little bit, you know, of a, a more modern model to allow us to be more fluid and agile in terms of how we're approaching design and learning. Have you shared with us with any instructional designers, Naftali? Have you had any feedback from people who say, you know, as an instructional designer, I could work with this. I could see this guiding how I design programs. Uh, I haven't talked with any, you know, any of the, you know, those top instructional designers out there. Um, but what I have done is, you know, internally with, with my folks who in the, in the organizations I've been in, you know, I've introduced this concept and, and people have resonated with it. And it's almost more of a container, like they still probably underneath it use a little bit of a Sam and Addy, but the overarching container has become like this deliver easy, right? It's like it funnels down to some of those more detailed components because those are so valuable. Um, but I think part of what I try to lead with in this learning space is, is I want to inspire my team 
and I want to inspire my stakeholders that I'm working with. And so I, I want to tell the story of how we're going to partner and work with you. And Deliver Easy allows me to do that. So let's let's apply this um, in something which could be quite pertinent right now. I'm thinking of the second letter, which is accessible. Let's say an organization has a live need to roll out something like DNI, diversity and inclusion. Let's just go through that motion of of explaining how Deliver Easy would work in terms of guiding us in designing something which is engaging, accessible, simple, and yielding to impact. Yeah. So part of what this allows you to do is think about, okay, who do you need to help support you to do this? Especially if you think about accessibility in no way, shape or form would I as a learning leader try to go at this alone, especially given the the sensitivity and nature of the topic, you know, and, and for example, I've always tried to have a one talent team approach to designing the learning programs. So that means who are all the talent players that I need in the room, HRB, HRBPs, talent acquisition, you know, DEI, like, are they in the room providing their input to this? And also, where is the learner in this process? Because they should be at the center of the experience. And so how are we all coming together to make sure that we are in lockstep and all providing input and debate and discussion on what we are building to meet the needs of our learners with an easy approach? Okay. What about, uh, so let's say, senior leadership wants your input uh, to select and implement a learning technology. Could we use Deliver Easy there as well? Absolutely, right? Because you think about the complexities and the vast sea of learning technologies that exist out there. How do you, how do you leverage you know, this concept of Deliver Easy to really hone in on what's going to be the most engaging for my workforce, the most accessible for the people that we lead? the most simple for the types of, of learners and situations and challenges that we face and what does impact look like uh, for us, right? So it becomes, once again, that container for you to think into like, oh, this check, this particular learning technology lines up with these four pillars and we can start from there to really cascade into what we need for our organization. So if we think of the, the efficacy then, the proof of the pudding where someone says, right, I like this, Naftali, um, how can we measure... ROI on this concept or what you call, which I quite like, ROE, return on expectations? Yeah. So if, if you think about what's transpired, we are just getting faster and faster and faster in the workplace um, in terms of our time, in terms of how agile and fluid we're asking employees to be with the changing rhythms of the business. So ROI is great when you know you're really really looking for that longer term understanding of hey is our is our investment paying off right and yes you can measure that in so many different ways and that is a very critical component of success for for learning programs and in a 21st century fluid hybrid workforce things changing left and right you got distributed employees all over the globe how can you do that in a more agile and and quicker way to understand, okay, are we, or is what we're doing adding value um, to help our learners and employees become more valuable in their day-to-day work and for the organization? And this is where I lean on ROE, which is really return on expectations, um, because that is a little bit more fluid in terms of, hey, you, you're meeting with those stakeholders in the beginning, and you're talking about, hey, I want to deliver easy for you in this, and you're, you're talking about what impact looks like, what success looks like. Um, you're, you're discussing, okay, you know, at the end of this, what are your, the outcomes that you're looking for as, as a learning leader 
or as, a, as an executive or as an HR uh, partner. And then you're able to agree upon, okay, when do we want to check in on those expectations to see how we're doing and what we've met on those uh, to allow us to move more fluid and continue to be in lockstep. And sometimes that may be after 30 days, a quarter, you know, it's just smaller increments to allow you to know that you're delivering those slices of value on a day-to-day basis rather than kind of waiting for the longer term investment. Because we all know, like, when you think about return on investment for learning, it's not easy to measure. It takes time for you to truly understand if you have added value with the learning program or initiative that you created. And I guess that's that's a nice um, segue or, or lead into what was on my mind as you were talking there, which is, you know, return on investment. That That's the, the business metric, the way we measure the effectiveness of training, its efficacy. And when people think of the investment case for L&D, would you say it's getting harder or, or easier to to earn a place at the table in terms of the strategic direction of the company? If we're thinking of, of making the case for L&D to have that strategic place at the table, I mean, you've had umpteen years of experience working for, for media brands. What What is your opinion on that in terms of, of earning that seat at the strategic table for the organizations you serve? Yeah, it's getting easier. Um, oh, good. I, I can't <laughs> I'm believe, glad to hear I can't that. I believe I'm even saying that because I'm sure all the learning <laughs> leaders out there are like, well, it's not easy for me right now, but it is a little easier, right? Uh, I think for years we had been looking at uh, how do we get a seat at the table and and where can learning add the most value? And we're, we're constantly selling, like always be selling, right? In terms of the products and services that we can deliver. Um, but what I learned recently is that sometimes you have to create the table and invite your executives, your stakeholders to sit at your table. And what that means is how are you creating, how are you proactively creating the space for learning to, to, to have a dialogue around what learning needs there are in the organization and how learning can really support the overall business objectives, but doing it in a way where you are painting the picture and telling the story of the vision you have for, for learning in the organization. I think far too often in the past, we as learning leaders have tried to tell the story with here are the capabilities we're trying to build and you know, it's going to add value in this way to the business and it's very tactical. And we haven't created the vision for what we're trying to achieve to bring people along and influence through some of that storytelling. Hey, here's where we've been. Here's what where we are right now and here's where I wanna take us as an organization. And having some, some idea of that vision and what that looks like. So that's one overarching piece that I've seen shift where the, the, the um, attention for those stories has become much more um, amplified from, from that, that senior executive level. And then also you think about what happened with the pandemic and working from home and how, um, how learning has really supported mental health right? For people to to really get those dopamine hits from participating in an experience that allows them to really learn and grow. I mean, you know, in my organization, you know, it's it's been this all out, you know, fest for all oh, desire for more learning, like we want more of it. What else do you have like pulling and tugging? Because it has allowed people to see themselves in a different way and have a sense of community during a very difficult time. And so um, executives, HR folks, they want more of that because they see the tie into employee engagement, mental health, 
um, and really retention in some cases, in many cases, um, because of this, you know, not to say a war for talent, because I feel like that's an overused term, but this, this vast talent marketplace where employees have much more optionality than they've ever had in their entire career. Yeah, it sounds almost like people are grateful now for training, whereas previously they may have seen it as some kind of interruption, you know, taking them away from their day job, but now it's enhancing people's uh, value in the marketplace and to the organization. Yeah, we've shifted from, oh, this is an interruption to how do we integrate this um, in our day-to-day and embed it because it's adding value. So what's around the corner for you and and where do you think you would be or you would like learning and development to be under your leadership in the next two to three years? Hard to say, of course, given what we've just gone through or we're coming out of right now. But if, if, if trends continue the direction you'd like them to go in, what would leadership and, and L&D be like for you personally in two to three years? We would be mentioned more in the larger scope of how we look at um, our talent, right? Because I think when you, when you think of workplaces, you immediately think of, think of HR. You immediately think of talent acquisition as like pillars of what success looks like for an organization. L&D in some cases is like, oh, well, do we really need it? And then some organizations may wait to, you know, add L&D as, as a function or some may not, not completely invest in the function. So you got L&D leaders, you know, one L&D leader to like maybe like 2,000 people. And that's, that's not really, you know, the, the, the best way to add value. So my hope is that we, get, we become seen more as like, okay, this is my dream team. My dream team includes LNOD or LND um, as a part of that dream team. And they have a seat at the table. They are the, this advisor consultant. And this is the, the thing that I would offer to all those folks listening. That make sure you have your advisory consultancy skills. Make sure that get your game is up on that. And you're constantly building those skills of like, how do I not hit people over the head with massive programs and experiences <laughs> yeah. right away. Like, yep, I got a program for that. I got a program for that versus, Hey, let's just talk about what we're trying to achieve here. What are the skills? What are the capabilities? And having more of that conversational consultative uh, approach uh, will allow us to, to be even more invited. You know, I think about like for, for years we've been, we've been invited to, you know, the party, right. Where it's like, yep, you can come to the party you know, but then there is that group of people at the party that, you know, they're dancing and having a good time and you're not in that group. You're not, you're not, you know, you haven't, you're sitting there on the side as a wallflower, you know, with, you know, with a, you know, a a glass of, you know, uh, juice in your hand uh, and you're just waiting to be invited into, to that little dance circle. Um, And my hope is that we continue to get more invited into that little dance circle so that we're all having a party together and we're all adding value to the business in some transformational ways because we need each other. And so my hope is that we continue to see the need um, for L&D and that we can really support uh, what the organization is trying to do. Does that make sense, Mark? It does. It does, yes. And, and very well said. Um, I second that. <laughs> and I'm sure many people out there would like to think it's getting easier, not, not harder. Naftali, where can people find out more about you? Where would you like them to go and to click and to connect? Yeah, you know, um, you can you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm working on a couple of things to to share more of my perspective um, within this space. Uh, it's been a long journey here for me personally, 
um, in terms of just really being seen in this industry. So, you know, reach out to me, let's connect, let's chat. Um, I, I love talking about L&D. I'm passionate about this. Now, the last thing I'll say on this, Mark, for, for me is like early in my career, learning was a job. And I was like, okay, this is my job. This is what I do. This is how I, you know, feed my family. And then it shifted to being like, okay, this is my career. Like, this is something I want to do for the rest of my life. And then more recently, I realized that this is a calling. And a calling is something that, you know, you are called to do in this lifetime that just pulls you in day in and day out. And you can't stop thinking about it. You want to get better at it. You want to empower and inspire people through it. And that's why I do this learning and development thing, Mark. It's a calling on my life to help people become the best version of themselves. Yeah, it's a privilege. And I, and thank you for saying that. Um, I like I like talking to people who feel the same way about it. Uh, we, we get to serve others to help them be the very best that they can be. And that, that's an enormous privilege. Absolutely. Naftali, thank you so much for being my guest today on the show. Thank you, Mark, for having me. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you for tuning in. It's great to know that you're out there. I look at the stats regularly, and I'm delighted to see the increased listenership. And I also love to receive correspondence from you. And if you've got ideas, as I said before, the show today, the interview with Naftali, I'd love to hear those, whatever those are. It could be recommendations for changes to the way we do things, or even just ideas for topics and guests to have on the show, the kinds of conversations, let's call them that, or even blog posts on trainingbusiness.com, which can help you with your training business journey. I do read them personally and respond individually. My only request to you is to subscribe to the show because this helps to bring the show to the attention of more people, just like you and me, and you'll find episodes of the show every single Thursday without fail on your podcast platform of choice, whether it's Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or one of many other podcast platforms out there. My sincere thanks, of course, again to Naftali for being my guest today on the show and for sharing his concepts uh, all about the edge and, of course, delivering easy, which I think is brilliant in its simplicity. So if you've got some feedback on today's interview with Naftali, please drop me a line, mark at trainingbusiness.com. But until next Thursday, when I look forward to your company again, keep safe, keep training, look after yourself. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.